And to Jesus be the praise and the glory and the honor and dominion and majesty now and forevermore. What a wonderful Lord we serve. I want to talk to you about something really, really precious. I want to say thank you first for joining me today. This is going to be a very precious time today with you. A friend of mine a few hours ago called me from California. His wife went to be with the Lord this morning. And I shared what the Bible says about where they are. About the coming of the Lord. About what the scriptures have to say to us when someone goes to be with the Lord. And it so blessed him and comforted him. And I just felt, you know what, I need to talk to you about that. Because I know you probably have a loved one in glory. Or maybe you're one who has a loved one about to go to glory. If not, the day will come. You'll need to remember this teaching anyways from the word. So what do we do when a loved one goes? How do we handle it? What does the Bible say about it? And that's what I want to talk to you about. And it's really a part of my teaching on dreams and visions because this precious lady who went to be with the Lord this morning had a vision of the Lord only a few days ago. That's so precious, so precious. Let's pray. Wonderful Lord, I give you praise for what you're going to show us. I give you praise for who you are. I give you praise for your promises. Oh, dear Jesus, where would we be without you? I don't even want to think about that, Lord, because life without you has no meaning whatsoever. To you be the praise and the glory. Thank you for your love. Amen and amen. Where would we be without the Lord Jesus? Like I said, I don't even want to think about it because I told the Lord, I said, Lord, it would have been been better to have not been born than to live without you than not to know you. And how wonderful, like today, like uh, like a day like today, I should say, when someone has a loved one who goes home, think about the peace we have, the joy we have, the promises we have. A dear lady, a friend of mine also, her husband called me today, Terry, and she is Karen. And their Karen, about a few days ago, had a vision. And she saw the Lord in the hospital, in her room. And uh, she was sitting up reading her Bible. Her husband, Terry, was telling me that just a few minutes ago, in fact, a little while ago. And so she is reading her Bible and uh, she sees the Lord. And the Lord said, come close. And she did and she put her head on his shoulder. Isn't that precious? Wow. And her husband said, was this a dream? She said, no, I was wide awake reading my Bible. When this happened, she puts her head on the Lord's shoulder and he says, just relax, it's going to be all right. And this morning she went to be with him. And ever since that vision, she's been saying the Lord is so good, Jesus is so good. And then began to say, oh, I want to be with the Lord, I want to be with Jesus. She's been in such pain 
in her body. And so I shared this with him that I want to share with you. And I've been talking about dreams and vision the last two days. And I, yeah, I was planning to continue my teaching. But I thought, you know what, Lord, just I'm going to be led. I'm going to just let you do it. You lead me which way I should go. Because, like I said, visions belong to God's saints. Dreams belong to the saints and also the sinner. Because in dreams, God shows us his plans and purposes. In visions, he reveals his love, his nature, like he did with Karen. If you are someone who has a loved one in heaven, or maybe you have someone whom you love who is about to go to heaven, or if you even question, what will I do when my mom, my dad, or someone I love goes, my brother or sister? All right, this program is for you. Let's go to First Thessalonians 4. I think you know that blessed portion where it's good to see it again and to remember what it says and to pay attention to what it says. So, Father, I, I just ask you right now to reveal your word and promises to your people. I give you the praise. For I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, he's talking to the church, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Number one, the Bible never says they're dead. It says they're asleep. So I told Terry this morning, I said, she is not dead. Don't even think about it, because she's not dead. And your loved one hasn't died. Your loved one is not dead. They're only asleep because the Bible doesn't say dead. It says concerning them which are asleep. That you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and that's the key, that if we really believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. So, just as real as the crucifixion was, the ascension, the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord was, so... Our loved ones, it says, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. In other words, as sure as Jesus died, as sure as he rose from the dead, our loved ones will be raised from the dead and come back with the Lord. Hallelujah. Our loved ones are with the Lord now will come back with the Lord and their bodies will be raised from the dead all at the same time. Think about it. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them or will not go ahead of them, which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. Now remember, the saints already are with him. It says, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So, when the Lord descends from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, our loved ones who are in heaven will come with him. And then it says, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So their bodies will be raised from the dead first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds 
to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Then it says, wherefore comfort one another with these words, and that's why I'm talking to you. Because maybe you're one like Terry, who just, who had a loved one who went to be with the Lord recently. You need that comfort, that strength, to know, number one, they're not dead. They're asleep. It's asleep twice in this portion that I've just read to you. And many other portions in the, in the Bible. Remember when the Lord came to raise Lazarus from the dead? He never said he's dead. He said he's sleeping. And then he said, well, you know, if he's sleeping, he can wake up. No, no, he said. And then he explained what he meant. That he's dead. But he didn't say that till they questioned what does it mean. But we as believers, we don't die. We go to sleep. Our bodies go to sleep. That's it. And when you go to sleep, it means resurrection is on the way. I heard the, the true story of a little boy who passed. And the daddy was not a, a Christian. And the mommy came to the funeral home to say their last goodbye. So the, the daddy comes and kisses the little boy on the forehead in the casket and says, Goodbye, son. Goodbye forever. The mother, who is a Christian, says, I'll see you in the morning, baby. I'll see you in the morning. That's the difference. Because we believe we will rise from the dead. That's it. And your loved one is now with the Lord. So I want you to understand these blessed words. This is not some whatever. This is the truth here. This is God's blessed word as real as Jesus died, as real as he rose from the dead, as real that he ascended, so will our loved ones also come back with the Lord. Now let me say something else to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we have something really precious. And Paul the Apostle talks about our bodies being the tabernacle. So just think about this. When you, when you see your loved one laying in that casket, you have to tell yourself, that's not my dad. That's not my mom. That's not my wife. That's not my husband. That's not my brother or sister. No, no. That's only the shell they lived in. That's only the tent they lived in. And so the Bible says, for we know that if our earthly house, meaning the body, of this tabernacle were dissolved, if this body is no longer needed and dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So God already has our new bodies prepared in heaven. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Every child of God already has a brand new body waiting in glory for you. Already there. The minute God writes your name in the Lamb's book of life, he prepares a body for you in glory. Because Paul says we already have that body. For if we know, for we know that I should say, if our earthly house, this tabernacle, because of the tent, were dissolved or die, because only the body dies, the real person never dies, we have a building of God. We have a body already in heaven, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. It will never die. It's eternal. For in this we groan. Every true believer groans 
wanting to be freed from this body. I want to be free from this body. I don't want to be living inside a body that gets sick and is weak and is easily tempted and drawn away. No way. I don't want that. I want to be free from this flesh that I might have my new body one day that will not have those sicknesses and pains and this and that. Now, for in this we grow in verse 2, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, we who are in this body, do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. We are burdened because we want to have our new body now. We don't want to wait. That mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the self for the self self same thing is God. So he who puts that desire in us is the Lord, who also has given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. When you have this desire in you, it's because the Holy Spirit is living in you. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, while we're still here, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. As long as we're in this body, we walk by faith. We are confident, I say now, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. And this is where many say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What Paul says here, we are confident, I say, and we want, willing rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. So I said to this dear man today, my dear friend Terry, I said, Karen is now with the Lord. Even though he knew that, it's good to hear it again. I heard Colleton Boom years ago preach a message where she had a glove in one hand and then she was talking about how the, the glove is us and the hand is the Lord. And she said how you have to surrender completely to the glove. In other words, put your hand inside that glove and so on. And how we have to surrender to the Lord. So we, the glove, surrender to the hand, the Lord. And I'll never forget that message. And she said now how the Lord can use us. So all we are is a glove and he's the hand. So make sure he takes over the glove so he can use you. And when my father passed, he was 58 years old. He was way younger than me. I'm already almost, you know, 69 now. And I'm looking at his body in Toronto. And the Lord spoke like this. He said, that's only a glove. And it released me. I said, oh, this is not my dad. He's gone. This is the glove. I called my mom, my brothers, my sisters. I said, this is not dead anymore. This is not dead. This is only the shell he lived in. And you could see the change on her face when I said, this is not him. It's only the house he lived in. I like to say it, the earth suit he lived in. That's all it is. And we don't sorrow over an earth suit. It's no different than changing location. Billy Graham said, he said, don't say I've died. Just say, I've changed my address. Isn't that lovely? 
So when we go to be with the Lord, we, we simply change location, change the address. We leave our body, we change the address. We go somewhere else to be with the Lord. So I don't want you sorrowing anymore that someone in your family has died. No, they're not dead. They just left their body. Their body got sick or old or something happened. And now they don't need it anymore. They're with the Lord and one day he's going to bring them back to the earth and you're going to meet them in the air. Think about this. You're going to meet your loved one in the air. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, we shall not prevent them which are asleep, but we will meet them in the air. The last trump will sound, the dead in Christ will rise first, then which then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them, with them in the clouds. Think about as their bodies are being resurrected, we're going to meet them in the air all at the same time and be transformed into the Lord's image at the same time in the twinkling of an eye. We shall be all changed. So our loved ones will rise from the dead with their brand new body meeting them in the air, meeting the Lord, with the Lord I should say, and we will be raptured who are still on earth and our bodies will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye and we will be with them in the air with the Lord forever. Isn't that precious of the Lord to do that for all of us one day? So be comforted today, be encouraged. I have one more thing to share with you that is very, very important. And that is in first, uh, sorry, in this, in Philippians chapter one. I ran over this years ago and it's the clearest portion of the word that shows us that our loved ones in heaven know what's happening in our lives. Because people use, you know, Hebrews 12, the cloud of witnesses, but that doesn't apply. It applies only to chapter 11. The people mentioned in chapter 11, the great heroes of faith, they are the cloud of witnesses. But this, listen to it. Look at it with me, will you? Philippians chapter 1, verse 23 through 27. And I was telling Terry today, I said, read this. Because he had not heard of it before, I said, you you got to read it. Because m- make sure you know that Karen knows what's going on right now. She even knows what you're thinking. Because it says so in the Bible. For I'm in a... Now Paul is talking about two decisions he's trying to make. He says, I'm in a strait betwixt two. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ. Which is far better, meaning better for him. Then he says, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So basically he says, I'm between two decisions. I want to go be with the Lord, which is better for me. But I would rather stay better for you. So I'm between two decisions. I want to go, but I want to stay. If I go, better for me. If I stay, better for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. So it looks like he says, I want to be with you longer to make sure that your faith stays strong. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. So I want to come see you again so I would rejoice with you. Watch this. Verse 27 is powerful. 
only let your conversation, only let your conduct or your life be as it becomes the gospel of Christ. That whether I come in the flesh, that is, and see you, or be absent, meaning in heaven, I may hear of your affairs. That you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So verse 27 doesn't mean if I'm absent like I'm in the flesh somewhere else. He says if I'm absent, meaning if I'm with the Lord, because he just said earlier in verse 23, I'm between two decisions. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, far better for me, to abide with you, better for you. I love this. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you, meaning I'm going to still be here. That's what he was thinking, that he would still be there, which is for your joy and confidence and so on. And then he says, Now let your conduct be as it becomes the gospel of Christ. So whether I come in the flesh and see you, or I'm absent, meaning I'm with the Lord, because that's what he said in verse 23. I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That tells me clearly that the saints know what we do on earth. So I said to Terry today, I said, now, Karen wants you to rejoice. She's with the Lord. And I'm talking to someone right now I know who needs this teaching. Maybe you've been grieving, sorrowing. You go to the grave too often to see, to be closer to your loved one. They're not there. They're not there. They've never been in that grave. They've never been in that casket. They're with the Lord. I know sometimes we go to visit the the graves of loved ones because we miss them. I understand that. But let's allow the scriptures to give us that strength rather than going and putting flowers over a grave, which is nice to do, of course. But It's the Bible we need. Because when you leave that, that, like if you go and visit where a loved one is buried or the body of a loved one is buried, you may feel some comfort for a short time. But once you leave, you're going to miss them all over again. You're going to feel the grief again, the sorrow again. You want to wish you, you're, you're with them. But the Bible says that you sorrow not as others which have no hope. In other words, rejoice that with the Lord. And the way things are going now, it won't be long before we'll be with the Lord ourselves. Look what's going on out there. Please. The rapture is almost upon us. It can happen anytime. So you and I need to be strong today and not allow any pain or any sorrow to come in. Let's rejoice. All is well. All is well. And yes, your loved one is rejoicing in the presence of God right now. 
Think about having dinner with Jesus. Think about walking with the Lord right now in heaven. What, looking at his blessed, blessed face. Oh, what a moment that would be for us. We've lived all of our lives waiting for that day. I've lived all my life waiting for that day. Think about it. From the day I got saved, I've been living with that blessed longing in my heart to be with the Lord. We don't want to stay in this world. There's nothing to stay for. That's why we cry, come Lord Jesus. Come take us home. How we want to be with him. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And I will come and take you. I will come and take you in the rapture unto myself. And we will be with him and our loved ones forever. And yes, we will recognize our loved ones. Of course we will. Think about Peter and James and John recognize Moses and Elijah. Have you never, never seen them? So if they recognized Elijah, if they recognize Moses, we will recognize our loved ones because it's by the Spirit, you see. They never saw them in their own eyes physically. There was no picture of Moses or Elijah that they could look at and say, that's what they look like. There were no cameras in those days. There was none of that. But by the Holy Spirit, they knew this is Elijah. This is Moses. And so we will know our loved one and we will be with them forever. Yes, you will have lunch with your mommy and dad again. Yes, you will have lunch with your children and your brothers and sisters again. Yes, you will have dinners with them for all eternity. Serving the Lord in his blessed presence forever. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promise. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your promise. Your blessed, wonderful promise. Lord, you said we're to comfort one another with these words. And I've just spoken these words to your people to comfort those who may have may have someone in glory already. Maybe some loved one already is gone or about to go. And Lord, if not, let them remember these words when that day comes. For them or someone else, they would be ready for that glorious day. I give you the praise, Lord. I give you the praise. You've conquered death. You rose from the dead and you've conquered death. I give you the praise. Death could not hold you. Hallelujah. And one of these days, we also will rise or raptured, if we're still alive, to be with you forever. Bless your people, Lord, with this word. Let them rejoice today in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. You know, been talking about dreams and visions and I believe God is about to speak to you in dreams and visions more than ever. So I know I'll teach on because I'm not really done with that. And then the next few days I'm gonna just do another teaching on on dreams and visions. I'm gonna have someone with me who is really gifted in that area of interpreting dreams. His name is Brian and you're gonna love it. So that's why I think it's good to wait, you know, till I'm with him. But I just want to tell you, 
all is well. In fact, it's better than well. And every day is getting better than yesterday. Your future is greater than your past. Your future is brighter than your past. Your future is more glorious and victorious than your past. Amen. And now it's time to give to the Lord's work. So he can bless you. So he can prosper you. So he can meet your needs while still you're on this planet. Because who knows what's going to happen economically to this world the next few months or years. Things are not going to be good. Because we know from scripture and we know from what we're looking at, trouble, big troubles are ahead. And we, and we don't want to be caught in them financially. That's why we need to get out of debt now. I think it's time for you to start believing God to get out of debt and stay out of debt and start money and, and start putting money away for your tomorrow. And the only way I know, obey God. Give to the Lord's work. Giving to the Lord's work is the greatest thing you can do for yourself and for your family and for your future right now. Because that is what will secure you from the troubles ahead, whatever they may be. I mean economic troubles. Whatever they may be, you will be safe if you obey the Lord continually. Because it says a faithful man will continue to abound, will continue to overflow with God's blessings. And, I mean, I remind you of this all the time. David said, I am old and I've been young. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or received begging for bread. As we remain righteous, giving to the Lord, because Psalm 112 says that the righteous is a giver. A righteous man is always giving to the Lord's work. So, Lord, bless them as they give to your work. Speak to them, Lord, right now on the amount and bless them with a great harvest and a great future in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Okay, you can sow right now on the platform you're watching me on. Or simply go to our website, benin.org. Or just text, write that on your phone, B-H-M, and then the numbers 45777. Simplicito. That's it. And God will bless you. I'll see you again tomorrow. And a great week next week. Love you. Bye-bye.